Hallelujah. Oh, wow. I guess I don't need to give my testimony then on Tuesday. You guys already got it. Oh, but it's good. Hallelujah. God is good. Amen. Ooh, God is really good. Hallelujah. So tonight is college welcome night. Hallelujah. And you guys seem so excited. Tonight is college welcome night. Hallelujah. All right, cool. That was, that was a lot better. And, uh, I feel like that, um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't really know whether or not I was preaching tonight, but when I got the confirmation that I was preaching, um, Marcus, you are preaching, then, uh, yeah, I was really just wondering what, what I was going to preach about, but God really just spoke to me. And so I really believe that this message tonight is not just for the college students, it's especially for you, but it's also for everyone. Uh, I believe that the word of the Lord tonight is uh, it's good and powerful for each one of us. So, all right, if we could just all open up our Bibles. If you do not have a Bible, share, please. Open up your Bible to Isaiah 43, verse 19. You guys may remember this verse. I'm sure you all do. Isaiah 43, verse 19. Everyone there, let me hear an amen. amen. All right, good stuff. I want you guys to really, uh, if God speaks to you tonight, I want to hear it. Okay, so uh, let's make this a... A corporate thing that we're in worship, receiving the word of the Lord. All right, so Isaiah 43, verse 19. Let's read it all together. One, two, three. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Amen. All right, really quickly, let's uh, bow our heads and I'll just pray for us. Father God, we just thank you, Lord God. We thank you for this night, Lord God. We thank you, Father God, that, Lord, you love, Father God, New Philadelphia Church. And, Lord God, you love Emmaus Campus Ministry, oh Lord God. You have a special place in your heart for Emmaus and the college students that attended, God. And, Father God, we know that tonight, Lord God, is just not for us, Lord God. It's really for the college students, Lord God, and it's for you, Lord God, so that your glory and your name may be magnified, God. Father God, we just invite your Holy Spirit into this place, Lord God. And we pray, Father God, that your Holy Spirit may just speak to each one of our hearts. That it would, Father God, reveal deep and hidden things, Lord God. And just really, Lord God, shine light into every area of our dark hearts, Lord. Father God, we just pray right now, Lord God, against every work of the enemy right now in the name of Jesus. I just come against it and I just take authority and I bind it right now in the name of Jesus. I just come against the enemy, his servants and his effects right now and I bind them and I command them to leave by the blood of Jesus Christ. I just pray, Lord God, that from that, Lord, you would just loosen, Lord, loosen your anointing over my words, Lord God. May you truly, Lord, watch over every word that comes from my mouth, Lord God, that, Father God, it would accomplish the purpose to which it sets out to do, God. I pray, Father God, that, Lord, you would watch over it as it goes into our hearts, Lord, and may it, Father God, produce a harvest 30, 60, 100 fold. Lord God, do a new thing tonight, Lord. We bless your name. Do a new thing tonight, Lord God. And in Jesus' name, I pray these things. Amen. 
Alright, so Isaiah 43.19. The word I want to speak to each of you, especially the college students in the house. Where's Emmaus at? Let me hear you. That's what's up. Uh, especially is that it's time for a new thing. It's time for a new thing. Let me hear an amen if you believe that. It is time for a new thing. And I just want to speak into your life right now. God is doing a new thing in your life. Receive that. God is doing a new thing. Not He will do. God is doing a new thing in your life right now. If you believe that, let me hear an amen. amen. God is doing a new thing in your life and it's time for you to get hip to it. It's time for you to begin to understand and perceive that God is doing a new thing. It's time for you to begin to move with how God has already been moving. That He can bring about new transformation new joy, and new life. If you want a new thing, turn to your neighbor and say, I want God to do a new thing. If you're, if you're a college student, I want you to turn to three people and say, I want God to do a new thing. Hallelujah. That's good. That's good. See, I'm glad that you're hungry for God to do a new thing. Are you hungry for God to do new things? Yes, because that is exactly what is happening right now. God is readying you for some new things that are going to blow your mind and completely take you to new levels in your spiritual walk. He's going to do a new thing. So I'm going to go back to the scripture and read it one more time. Isaiah 43:19. it says, Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. So I already said I'm going to preach to you about a new thing. And there's three things that I'm going to talk to you about tonight concerning a new thing. And the first one is very, very simple. I've already said it like 50 times. It's that God is doing a new thing. So that's the first thing. Number one, God is doing a new thing. If you're writing it down, say, God is doing a new thing in my life. Make it personal. All right. (laughs) See, God is looking to do and is doing new things in our lives. See, in fact, God is a God of the new thing. Amen. God loves to do new things. He loves to take the old and bring forth the new. First Corinthians 517 says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation the old has passed away behold the new has come hallelujah revelation 21 5 it says and he jesus who was seated on the throne said behold i am making all things new okay god loves the new thing he is a god of the new thing Lamentations 3, 22 to 23 says, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Hallelujah. God loves to do new things. God is a God of the new thing. That's what he's talking about. That's what he's talking about in Lamentations when he says, Your mercies are new every morning. God gives us new days because each day comes with new things. And see, he's even made the sun to rise and fall to point that each and every day we receive new mercies. 
God even sat on his throne in Revelation and he said that he's making all things new. And he's made us new creations. God loves the new thing. He loves to do new things. And he's made us people that love new things. Amen? We are people that, in the same way that our God loves to do a new thing, because our God loves to do a new thing, we love new things. We love the new work in our lives. What continually brings creation on its knees before God is not just God's power and might, but it's the fact that each and every time in heaven and on earth we look unto God, we receive a new revelation of who He is. Each and every time. Each and every time in heaven when the angels look at God, when the living creatures look at God, they receive a new revelation of who He is. Because God is just, there's just so much to Him. And He's made us to respond to the new thing. God is even referred to in the Bible as being unsearchable. We can look unto God every single moment of eternity and never get enough. You know people that you see, people that you meet on the street, right? And it's like with God, we can look unto God all the time and we never get enough. But sometimes you meet people and you've been around them for maybe like five minutes and you've already had enough of them, right? Like you just meet them and like they're, all, they're already kind of like... I'm not really feeling this too much. Or maybe that's me. Lord, I'm sorry. (laughs) But it's not the case with God. It's not the case with God. Sometimes we can look under certain people and already we're like five minutes and we're already kind of like annoyed and we're ready to just like go our separate way. But it's not that way with God. God has made us to respond to the new things that He does in our lives. Even the new thing, even things that seem trivial in our lives God has fashioned us to be creatures that love newness amen you love new things amen you love newness each one of us regardless of our personality we love things that are new whether it's an item or whether it's an action anything we love it I mean we love new things so much that when we that we try to take old things and make them new and we call them vintage like when I was in high school, my, not when, when I was in my sophomore year in high school, I had this old pair of Gap jeans. And like I always wore them real baggy so that like none of the other black kids would know that they were Gap. But I had this like old pair of Gap jeans. And I had wore them out. I had them for like three, four years. And I... I asked my mom to buy me some new jeans. But she was like, why do you need new jeans? You got a great pair of jeans right there, you know. Because we weren't the richest of people. So what I did is I took this old pair of Gap jeans. I went and got a red marker. And that's when I just started writing rhymes and started writing poetry. And I wrote a poem on my jeans. And then I wore it to school the next day, right? And and all the kids were like, hey, yo, where'd you get them jeans? Them jeans is hot. And I was like, are those new jeans? I was like, yeah, yeah. Them, these joints, these joints is new. I just got these last week. You know what I'm saying? It's because we love new things. There's just so many things about life that we enjoy simply because it's new. And it's because God has made us that way. I mean, another thing I love to get is a new haircut. How many of you like to get a new cut? Let me hear it. How many of y'all like a new cut? 
Yeah, like I was talking with uh, our brother David, David Kane, who goes, he goes here to New Philadelphia. And we were talking about how the best feeling like in the entire world. Okay, that's exaggeration. But um, <laughs> the best feeling is like right after you get that fresh haircut. Like right after you get that haircut. And it's like I used to go to the barber shop and I'd be sitting up in the chair and they cut my hair. And they take this oil sheen stuff. I don't, I think it was for women, but they had it in the barber shop. And like they would just spray it around my head, like shh. And I'd have this fog. And as soon as like that fog was there, that mist, I would just like step through the fog. And I was just like looking in the mirror, like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? I got that fresh cut. Like that's why I, I cut it last night, cause I was like, I had had a fresh cut for today. But, um, <laughs> But when some of us, when we get a fresh haircut, we feel like brand new people. Like me and David were talking about how when we get a fresh haircut, we feel like we can take on the world. Like seriously. Like we feel like we're just awesome because of that fresh cut. And it's because it's new. It's because it's something fresh. It's something new that we've experienced. And God has made us to be people that love newness. And see, God is, con- and God has made us that way, not just so that we would just be like, wow, over haircuts and over jeans that we make, vin- that we make vintage, but because God Himself is seeking to continually do new things in our lives. The Word says that our Lord brings times of refreshing into our lives, that springs of living water would well up within us. Not stagnant water, but living water that continually flows. Rivers of life would flow, would fill us up and also flow out of our lives. And see, God is seeking to do a new thing. He's not just seeking, but He's doing a new thing in your lives. And that's starting with you being here in Korea. But see, the question is, the first one was, God is doing a new thing. But the question is, Do you perceive it? And that's the second thing I wanted to point out. Do you perceive it? Do you perceive that God is doing a new thing in your life? This is important to see because God isn't asking whether or not you know He will do something or if you know He has done something. He's asking if you perceive what He's already doing right now. Meaning, are your eyes open to what God has already put in motion in your life? If we go back to the verse, God speaks through the prophet Isaiah and and he says, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? See, God had spoken first that he was doing a new thing. That a season of change had came. But then immediately after that he says, Now it springs forth. Now. Do you not perceive it? And I was looking throughout different translations and I was looking to see if they maybe used other words other than perceive. But it's the word perceive that is used. And it has great meaning for what God is trying to say through this passage. He's already doing a new thing. But He's asking you, do you perceive it? Perceive means to become aware of, to recognize, and to identify. 
Not to know what's in the past, not to see what's in the future, but to know what God is doing. See, God has already set in motion new marvelous things for you, especially you, the college students, this semester. But are you identifying it? Have these things been opened unto your eyes? I mean, what will determine if you experience a new thing will be whether or not your eyes are open to the things that God has already prepared for you to experience in this season. 1 Corinthians 2, 9-10 to says, What no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love Him. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. It says that God has prepared. See, the same thing in the verse in Isaiah points to that God has been preparing something for you to experience now. That He would reveal it to you by the Spirit. But it also points to another thing that you need. You need the revelation by the Spirit of God so that you may perceive what God is doing right now. It's not good enough to just know that you're in Korea or to just know that you're at this church. But God is asking you, He's saying, I'm doing a new thing in your life. Do you recognize it? Do you discern it? There are so many other things that can fog your view of the Lord right now. So many other new things that aren't really new at all. But instead, turn your head to the right and left away from what God is doing straight ahead. Especially here in Korea. It's like I met so many students, especially last year. Like, and not saying that, you know, anything about last year. But last year I was talking to some students in Emmaus and I was asking them, I was asking them, you know, what, what are you in Korea for? What are you in Korea for? And they're like, I want to do something new. I said, oh, that's great. Experience a new thing. Come out to Emmaus. (laughs) But they're like, no, actually what I mean by new is I kind of want to break from Christianity. I kind of want to break from all the things that I've already experienced back home. I I need a break. I need a new thing. I I need something that where I can pour myself into and not feel guilt and shame about. And so they go through these seasons where they go through this period of time where they will pour themselves into the things of this world. And it seemed like it was new to them. You know, new bars here in Korea. New clubs. It's different clubs and bars from back home. But as I was meditating on this, God just like spoke to me and it was like, the reason why when you walk through Korea, there's so many bars and so many clubs is because each and every person that goes out to the bars and the clubs, they're looking for something new to fill them. And so they go to one bar and it becomes old. And then they go to another place and it becomes old. And then they go to another place and it too becomes old. Because they're not... The new thing, the new thing that grips their soul that they're really wanting, they're not really getting. And it's because they're not perceiving what God has been doing. 
There's all these things around them that glitter and shine. But it's not gold. It's not diamond. My mom used to say, everything that glitters ain't gold. Everything that shines ain't a diamond. And that's so true. The world seeks to entice you in with, check out this new thing, check out this new thing. But what you, you end up with is the same old same. Instead of perceiving a God who's already working new and marvelous things in your life day after day after day. So when I say, do you not perceive it? What I'm asking you is, are you letting the world fog your vision? And have you lost focus? I mean, this even happened in the Bible with the Israelites, right? They had just been brought out of captivity from the Egyptians. They had, they had known the, the glorious things of God. And then and God had showed them His mighty hand. And then what happens? They lose focus. They don't perceive that God was already doing new things to prepare them for greater glory. Instead, they thought that it was, it was just time to get distracted. All the things that glittered around them, all the plunder, they end up melting and making an idol. May that not be your story here in Korea. May it not be that the things around us that, in, that are in the periphery take your focus away from perceiving the new thing that God is doing in your life. So God is calling you to press in for a new thing at this hour. To be like David who said all he wanted was to be before God and to just gaze at Him. And to see the new things that the Father revealed. And so the, the first thing was that God is doing a new thing. And secondly, God is asking you, do you perceive it? And the last, the last thing is, what is this new thing going to look like? So if you go back to the passage, it says, if we continue on, it says, Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. See, when you start to perceive that God is doing a new thing, it's going to look greater than anything else you could imagine. For many of us, our greatest triumph is prefaced by our lowest valley. And I know that as you come to Korea, and a lot of us even here at this church, when we came to Korea, we came here tired, worn out, and in need of a new thing. I mean, college students, that's, for you that are on exchange, that's your reason for coming to Korea, right? Something deep inside of you was aching for a new thing. A new taste. And I believe that it is now in which God is wanting that new thing to spring forth in your life. It said, I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Now it springs up. And I don't say this just being a preacher because I have to, because I'm called to preach at college welcome night. I say it because I myself have been in dire need of a new thing. Recently, there have been really th 
things in my life that have weighed me down that I've never ever experienced before in my Christian walk. And I, I mention that valley because I have experienced it. Knowing that the situations, the trying times, the weight of the things around you can feel like you're in a wilderness. Like Isaiah speaks here. That you can be in places back home that feel dry. That feel like a wasteland. That feel like a desert. And that's where your walk may feel like a desert. And if I'm honest, I would be real to say that for myself, this past month, I have experienced these things. Where my walk has felt dry, lost, and without focus. Where I felt like darkness had almost overcame me. Where there were times where I just looked up into the sky and I said, God, am I really even Christian? Where I felt like I was stuck in the wilderness. Stuck in a desert place. And in desperate need of a new thing. But hallelujah. Because our God says, I am doing a new thing. And He says, I will make a way in the wilderness. And I will bring rivers in the desert. He says, I will shine my light into your wilderness. I will bring a a spring of living water into your desert place that you may kneel down and drink of my refreshment. And that's what He's wanting to spring forth. That's what He's preparing and readying to spring forth into your life right now. And it's a river of fresh revival. That is going to set your life anew. As Pastor Christian said, I had no idea coming back to Korea that my life would be defined by these continual new things. But God is so gracious, so loving, and His heart for us is for new things. He's constantly rejoicing over you and saying, I am preparing new things. That are springing forth into your life. Into the glory of my love and presence. Hallelujah. I mean God. Even throughout the Bible. There's so many different people. In which God. Spoke to and said. I am doing a new thing. Even in the midst of their deserts. Their wilderness. Where their heart was pressing for something new. I mean, Moses was faced with a new thing. When he encountered God, and God put before him this marvelous thing that he had prepared for Moses' life. And the only thing that came out of Moses' mouth was, uh, uh, I can't, I can't do this. I can't speak. All that was weighing Moses down was the guilt and the shame from where he had killed the man. But God said, no, Moses, I am doing a new thing. With Noah, when Noah surrounded by wretchedness, Noah himself wasn't even a righteous man. And God said, Noah, I am doing a new thing. 
Gideon. When Gideon's in the wine press and the angel of the Lord appears before him and says, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. It was God saying, Gideon, I'm doing a new thing. I've positioned you for a new thing. And Gideon said, No, the Lord has abandoned us. But God pressed through and he pulled Gideon up into what God had planned for him. God has, there's stories and stories in the Bible and here at this church that were faith, where people were faced with new things in their greatest hour of disarray, of lack and of pain. And God brought them up to a place of triumph, success and love. And God is doing that new thing in you, beloved. He's doing that new thing in you. And I want to close with a poem that I had written last semester for orientation. And uh, when we brought in a new group of students last semester, last semester and so many, some of the students in here have heard this poem, but I want each one of you, whether you're a college student or not, I want you to just sit and listen, and I want you to allow the Holy Spirit to really search your heart. Because I believe God is saying to each one of us that He's doing a new thing. And He wants to know, do you perceive it? He's asking, are you ready for a new thing? Do you want God to open up your eyes to perceive it? He's asking you, what do you want? I just have one question for you. What do you want? What do you want? What is it that shakes, quakes, and breaks your insides in the deepest sides of your mind? What is it that fills, kills, or instills you to take action, to take matters into something that matters? What is it you want? Do you want change? Because you went 9,000 miles on a jet plane. Maybe exchange a change of scene for a change of me, myself, and identity. So that your time spent in soul aren't identically the same. Meaning identical. Because if only blood sowed you and lust run through your ventricles, the change that's central will be detrimental or the same. So really, do you want change? I mean, are you tired of the same old same? I sound like a commercial. An infomercial informing you of new fresh information as the next three minutes could change your destination. I mean, the world gives hours after hours of information disorienting your orientation, telling you where you should go buy and sell yourself. Tell yourself, self this will help. The sex, beer, and cheer will take me here to change. But the drinking games only bring small personal gains, leaving you the same. Jumping back on a jet plane with nothing to exchange because you never changed. Your currency of change is gone. It went from dollars to won, and poof, it's gone. So what do you want? What is it that shakes, quakes, and breaks your insides in the deepest sides of your mind? 
What is it that fills, kills, or instills you to take action? To take matters into something that matters? What is it you want? Is it change? Change. Meaning a transformation. The shaking of your foundation from aberration to a fragmentation of who you were to who you will be. From who you still be to free. So that your change will be. As in is to be. As in it won't be a mirage. A picture perfect college life that became a collage of disorientation. Complacent with a placement of stagnation. Filling yourself with bottle after bottle of feeling vacant or the same. So really, do you want change? I mean, what do you want? By now, I hope it's change. A disgust for staying the same. Instead to exchange a change of scene for a change of me, myself, and who I want to be and who I will be. My identity. So that the dents and scars in me would be taken to make me free. To change. But see, your monumental change has came. Your monumental change has came. It's here. Now. Listen. I'll tell you how. It's Him. Your change has came. And it's Him. So what do you want? Do you want change? Well, listen. God's brought you here to this church. And if you want change, then perceive it. We don't have any of the things of this world. But we have Jesus. Come get some change. Let's pray.